Greetings, beloveds. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Oh, my goodness gracious. This must be heart and soul. <laughs> greetings, greetings to our online congregation, our online community. Greetings and gratitude. Just deep, 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 deep gratitude for all of it, for the hospitality. I just have to let you all know that from the moment you set foot in this place that must be heart and soul, that you are welcome, that you are welcome with open arms, that you are welcome with big love, and it is an authentic love. And I am deeply and humbly grateful to be in this place today. I am Reverend D. Jacqueline Edwards, and um, I'm grateful to be on the planet right now. <sighs> and I invite you all to really resound with that opportunity that we have in this moment, in this time, to imagine, <laughs> to imagine, and to, to know that what we are imagining is brought about by what we are co-creating. That It's what we are consciously bringing forth with and in collusion with, if you will, the divine that is creating that world that we are not just imagining, but visioning. Visioning, understanding that visioning is a tool of co-creation. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, gratitude, gratitude again to the Heart and Soul family and particularly to Reverend Dr. Andreette Earle. Yes, 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 yes. It is an honor and a privilege when a minister invites you to be in their pulpit. And so I do not take that invitation lightly. And I promise to do my part to be worthy of that invitation today. And one of the ways, thank you, <laughs> that I like to start that is to just throw some more prayer into the mix. We've already had some powerful prayer, some anchoring, some meditation. And so I invite you to join me again in a shorter, a briefer, but a directed go within as we ah, say again and again and again, thank you, thank you, Oludumare, Mother, Father, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that has already mm, unfolded in the process of this event, of this experience that we call Sunday morning service at heart and soul, center of light. It is with a humble sense of gratitude that I say thank you, thank you for the conversation, for the interaction, for the way and the ways in which we are doing a weave and a dance with the divine this morning that lifts us all up and carries us each and every one individually and collectively forward into that greater yet to be. 
And again, I simply say thank you, thank you, thank you, Mother, Father, God, Olu Dumare, thank you. I release this word to the law. I open this service and know that it is all God having a divine dance with itself today. Ashe Amen, Amin, Aho, and so it is. Ah, and so it is, and so it is, and so it is. So I have been playing in the world, and I'm grateful for this to be one of my landing places. So the month of August for me was a month of play. I started out going to the Centers for a Spiritual Living Conference down in Pacific Grove at Asilomar. And that was a wonderful event. And then my next stop, which I'm going to share a little bit about with you, was to Chicago. I went to Chicago to the Parliament of World Religions. And that was both an exciting experience. It was my third parliament. And it was an expanding, expansive experience because... Well, because it was in Chicago, for one thing, which for those of us that are familiar with that place, we know that it is a place of deep roots. It is a place that has birthed many a movement. It is a place that has been a center, if you will, both in these United States and then more so globally because Chicago was in fact the birthplace of the parliament of the world's religions. The very first parliament was held in 1893 at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Now, thank goodness people just started calling it the Chicago World's Fair. And I say thank goodness because that World's Columbian Exposition, and I understand, I do understand that I'm looking at this from 2023 and making my, I'm going to call it what it is, judgment about it from that perspective. But I also feel that I'm having some discernment in there too. Because the purpose of this here thing, the <clears throat> World's Columbian Exposition, was to celebrate 400 years of Christopher Columbus landing here on these shores. So again, I simply say yay for Chicago's World's Fair. And even that has to be tapped down a little because you know none of me was represented, right? None of me, none of me female me, none of me black me, none of me native me, none of me, none of me was represented in the magnificent way that we know that we are, amen? Nonetheless, it was the first time the Parliament for World Religion showed up. It was the first time somebody showed up with the idea that if we all gather together from whatever our spiritual, our religious orientation might be, we might do something. We might do something powerful. We might do something that shifts. We might do something that co-creates a world that is wholesome and healthy for every, every one. 
One of the events, one of the highlights for that gathering was on Thursday night when Jesse Jackson was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Parliament for World Religion. Now, I have to tell you that the 2023 theme was a call to conscious, a call to conscious, defending freedom and human rights. So how perfect that they would be honoring Jesse Jackson, Reverend Jesse Jackson. And being him, being who he is, he did not fail to bring us some words of wisdom, some guidelines, if you will, some threads, two of which I want to share with you. I'm going to share with you. He said, nothing is too hard for God. Hmm. Nothing, nothing, no thing is too hard for God. Does that not just mesh with God is all there is? There's nothing else regardless of appearances or opinions. Yes. Hmm. And then he said, the ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. Now, what that means and what he elaborated just a tad, because we may know that he is experiencing some physical challenges right now, which made his words even that much more powerful, that through that he said, we may fall down, but we get up because we are champions and the ground is no place for champions. Yes? Yes. All right. Okay. So we're all on board now. Now that was just the prelude because what we're talking about today is love thy neighbor. Mm -hmm. Love thy neighbor. And of course, that takes us right into Mark 20, Mark, <clears throat> pause, 12th chapter. <laughs> verses 28, really through 36, but what we're going to rest on is this response to the question. And there was a point here where Jesus in his ministry was giving a talk, Yeshua, as we say in this community, that is heart and soul, was giving a lecture, a talk, explaining principle, if you will. And of course, someone asked him about this idea about the commandments. Well, what's going on with these commandments? You know, Moses brought those commandments. Are we still bound by that? to which Yeshua said, the first of all the commandments is the Lord thy God, love the Lord you must. Let me get my mouth together here. Fix my mouth. Mwah. And you must love the Lord your God with how much? Your heart and with how much? Your soul and with how much? your mind, and with how much your might. This is the first commandment. <laughs> Love God. 
Hey. Yeah. Easy peasy, right? Yeah. And what we know in this thing called religious science and science of mind is that the divine exists within each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everybody. So when, in fact, I'm talking about loving God with all the things right here, because we just all chimed in with all the things, we're talking about loving each other. We're talking about loving that neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. And then just in case, just in case we didn't really get it, there's a comeback. There's a comeback towards the end of the ministry. There's a comeback at the point that Yeshua is talking to the disciples and saying, now I'm going to be out of here in a minute, but I got a new commandment for you. And this new commandment I give you is that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you love one another. So we keep getting this theme of loving each other. Love one another as I have loved you. Love God, which means I get to love God and are again Basics of religious science, basics of what we teach, love the Christ. The Christ in me sees and loves the Christ in you. Yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. What is love? We say we think we know. Mm-hmm. Especially with our peeps, I'm looking at the babies in the room. We love up on our babies. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Well, Ernest Holmes, in The Science of Mind, the definitive edition, says, love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit. And what he's implying there is that the very process of creation is an act of love. He then references the New Testament as he is often prone to do. And then we say, Ernest Holmes said, Ernest Holmes quoted, he's just saying, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Then he goes on in his own languaging to say, love is free from condemnation. Love thy neighbor. (laughs) Love is free from condemnation, even at as it is free from fear. Even as it is free from fear. We had a fight. I'm not going to be the first one to apologize because, you know, the apology might not really be accepted the way I think or I want or I need it to be accepted. So I'm going to wait and see if they apologize to me first. And I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared 
of how I may or may not be received. Love is free from condemnation, even as it is free from fear. Love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. Irresistible, right? So what we're talking about there is when we feel it, and we know it when we feel it. We know when we feel love. We know when we feel loved. We know it. We know it when we enter a space and we can tell that the space has been loved up. We know it, right? We know it. We know what it feels like. We understand what it is and what it feels like. How do we get there? How do we get to this idea of loving our neighbor. I invite us to go back to that idea of visioning, of casting the vision, casting a vision of love and allowing that love that we cast to be a vessel that we walk in, walk through, and walk as that allows us to go forth and be who we came here to be even when our knees are knocking because we know that we are coming from love. What does that mean? That means that we infuse love into our day every single day. How often? Every day, not sometimes. Every day. Every day. Every day. It means when I'm running late, that's okay because I just don't have to listen to the news, which I don't really need to start my day that way anyway. But in my driving, in my walking, in my getting on the bus, in my walking down the street, I get to remind myself that God is the love that I am. Oludumare operates in, through, and as love, in, through, and as me, and every single cell and fiber of my body. Because when I start that way, what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up to hear. And when I'm setting myself up to hear, I'm setting myself up to obey. Obedience to spirit is a core of what we are called to do, of who we are called to be as we walk the world doing the things that we came here to do. And we know we all came here to do something, right? We all know that with, if we have the gift of being alive right now, it is because we are part of the creation of the new heaven and the new earth, which is the place that is our divine inheritance. And I invite us to consider that love is the most powerful path to claiming that inheritance right? I'm not even, I thought I was, but I'm not even going to try to distinguish between love and like. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get to, well, I love you, but I don't like you. I'm not doing that. 
I'm taking that out. I'm pulling that out right now and casting it aside. And instead, what I'm coming back to and inviting you to come to with me is this idea that there is nothing on this earth, off this earth, in the universe that is more powerful, more potent, or more delivering than this thing called love. I'm inviting us, including me, to taste and see. To taste and see. Talk about people quoting people. One of my favorite people, Sister Bell Hooks, in her book, All About Love, a love song to the nation is quoting a woman by the name of Donella Meadows who writes in an article called Chicken Little, Cassandra and the Real Wolf. So many ways to think about the future. Well, Cassandra says a vision articulates a future that someone deeply wants and does it so clearly and compellingly that it summons up the energy, agreement, sympathy, political will, creativity, resources are whatever it takes to make that vision happen. In other words, when we come from spring from love, everything that we need is required, right? And sometimes, this is what I'm, I'm bringing instead of this like and love distinction, sometimes, it may sound like a shout, a hoop or a holla. Sometimes it may sound like, look like, and simply be no. Not today and not on my watch. That does not mean I am not springboarding from love. It does not mean that I don't understand that there is the same Christ with you that is within me. It don't mean none of that. It does mean that I understand because that thing within me that is being the energy agreement, sympathy, political will, creativity, resources, or whatever is needed to make the vision happen, is saying to me that my role today is to say no to this thing, is to say no to banning books, is to say no to trying to tell women what to do with their bodies, is to say no to anything that in fact interferes with our individual and collective ability to stand from, come from this place called love. Amen? Ah, now we're getting something a little touchy-touchy here. Mm -hmm. Science of Mind points out that everything that happens to us happens for us. (laughs) 
Now, I just want to say that that's a me too moment right there. And that I understand, I understand deeply and profoundly. And if I write a biography, you'll get to see how deeply and profoundly I understand that it does not feel like it when we are up in it. It does not feel like it in the moment of the crazy, right? It does not. And that is when we reach out and touch. That is when we serve dual purposes. That is when in the midst of my pain, I go, I reach out, I know there are people that love me and I'm willing to lay this burden down with them. And back to me walking out the door every day with this idea of love, what happens is I don't have to reach out because they come to me because we live in community because there's only one of us here. Because there is that within me that knows. There is that within me in each and every one of us. We know this. We've had the experience. We've been on both sides of it, of the one that just walks up to you. That might even be what we formerly would have called a stranger that says, how you doing? And in that how you doing creates the space for you to let it all out. We've been the one that has had the thing going on that needed to be shared, right? We're talking about loving our neighbor, loving our neighbor, loving our neighbor as ourselves. I'm going to come back to that as ourselves in just a moment. I want to bring to us this idea, this thought that I just want to invite you to sit with. And I'm saying that it's coming from me and because I'm who I am. I looked it up to see if anybody else had said something similar. And there was a rabbi that's got something going, but not quite like this. So I just need you to take a deep breath and consider that no one has to be wrong for you to be right. Amen? No one has to be wrong for me to be right. Because that right-wrong distinction that I'm making, and I keep, I'm going to keep coming back, is the distinction of divine guidance. It's what happens to me, for me, through me, as I do my spiritual practice, as I come from principle, then again and again and again, I am doing that which needs to be done by and through me. And as I'm doing that which needs to be done, by and through me, I feel it. I feel it. We are walking sensograms. I don't even know if there's any such thing. But that's what we are. When we let it, when we allow it, when we understand that I get to feel, we have a phrase for it, take the temperature of the room. 
we feel, we feel. And when that feeling again and again and again is anchored in love, we can't, we cannot, we cannot go wrong. Hmm. A little bit more, what do I want to call it? Sensitiveness. One of our primary keys in this walk of love, in this loving our neighbors as ourselves, is the power of forgiveness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just share with you that Brother Colin C. Tipping wrote a book called Radical Forgiveness. And in that book, Radical Forgiveness, he gives us tools for forgiving ourselves and forgiving each other. His entire premise is predicated, based on, starts with the idea that there is always, always a perfection in the situation, whether we see it or not. There is always a perfection in the situation. Now, just a little bitty, teeny, tiny example. My little bitty, teeny, tiny example is um, when I was at Asilomar, you know, when we see each other, we do a hoorah, hey! I was hoorahing with some of my people in the back of the room, big, huge room, that cup two, 300 people, and the program is still going on. And someone who is a colleague and has served this purpose in my life as long as I have known her, by the way, comes back and goes, shh, y'all keeping too much noise back here. And um, the performers can't do what they're here to do. Now, thank goodness the people that I was talking to were people who didn't have the personal relationship in history. So they were all like, okay, let's quiet down. Da, 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 da. Mm. <laughs> mm. Now, to her credit, which always, I mean, this is one of maybe 10 incidents over a period of, oh, my God, we graduated in 2014. That many years. So at least 10 years. She always comes back with a, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry because when I went back to my seat in the front, I realized that they can't hear y'all back here. Mm-hmm. And, and see the perfection in the situation, whether we understand it or not. So yesterday, was it Friday? when I was helping with the memorial service for the mom of one of our practitioners, and I was in the back of the room, and there were people outside who had left the room, one because she had a three, four-year-old who was actually being totally age-appropriate, and we know what that means, mm -hmm. and some other folks who haven't seen each other forever were outside having their hoorah, 
as I was standing there, you know, Spirit said, mm, remember, remember, remember. And so what I got to do was walk forward a little bit and recognize you can't hear them. You can't hear them. The people that are sitting up front, which is where the people were sitting, they can't hear them. What, is it, what did the thing say? He said, <clears throat> understand that, wait, uh, I lost my place. Let me find it because I just might have to, oh, perfection, thank you, that our willingness to see the perfection in the situation, whether we understand it or not. Now I'm using a little silly thing, but it happens and it's important with the larger things as well. I wanna give you one more example, and then I'm gonna wrap up with a excerpt from the global ethic of the Parliament of World Religions. Again, we're talking about love thy neighbor. And we're talking about the benefits that we reap from that. So yesterday, I went to an adult play party given by a very dear friend. And she being who she is, is all about play and games. So she had us do a scavenger hunt. And we had a list of about 20 things that we had to go out and find in the neighborhood, right? And these were things in her neighbor's yards, in her neighbor's spaces, right? And periodically, you can see the neighbors peeking out the window going, are they going to see the thing that's here at my house, right? Could she have done that if she did not have a relationship with her neighbors? Could she have done that if she did not understand this basic idea of love your neighbor as yourself? I'm sorry, I said I was going to the closure with the parliament. I just have to give us one minute of what it means when we're talking about loving ourselves. Because I would invite us to consider that we are loving our neighbors like we love ourselves. Love thyself. And so I'm just going to bullet a few things that come out of the ephah tradition and invite us to consider that as we internalize these ideas that we are building a deep and powerful love of self you need have no fear amen it is your birthright to be joyful, successful, and loved. Mm. You are part of the universe in a literal, not figurative way. Hmm. Supremacy, any supremacy, is evil. 
Now this is 7,000 years ago this was written, right? Supremacy is evil. You must never initiate harm to another human being. You must never harm the universe of which you are a part. And finally, diversity is the hallmark of the Oludumare creation. If, as, when we understand these things, understand that that's who we are, how can you not love that? How can I not love me that is the creation of the all? How can I not love me when I understand that the all that is, all that is, all that ever has been, all that ever will be, is me too. So when I get that that's who I am and I love that me, ha, now I'm talking about something when I am loving my neighbor as myself. I'm talking about something and I'm doing something. In the Parliament of World's Religion, World Ethic, there is a commitment to a culture of nonviolence and respect for life. There is a commitment to a culture of solidarity and a just economic order. There is a commitment to a culture of tolerance, not a word that I like, but I didn't write this, and a life of truthfulness. There is a commitment to a culture of equal rights and partnership, and I'm going to say among all gender-expressing people. There is a commitment to a culture of sustainability and care for the earth. Hmm. Michelle Alexander, in her book, The New Jim Crow, says Martin Luther King Jr. called for us to be love struck with each other, not colorblind toward each other. To be love struck is to care, to have deep compassion, and to be concerned for each and every individual. Ashe amen, amin, aho, and so it is. Thank you.